0: Magnify podcast. Magnify is the platform at the intersection of faith, feminism and passion. During these episodes, we have conversations with dynamic individuals that we hope will leave you intrigued, inspired and informed. For many of us, as we progress through the world of work, there's often a desire to make sure that not only are we excelling in our chosen field, but more importantly, are adding value and feel a sense of purpose about what we do. What does it look like to leave a well-paid job and for many, our dream career in order to pursue our calling? Particularly when our new role doesn't provide the financial security we were used to. In this conversation, I had the privilege of speaking to Pippa Baker, a former advertising executive who moved into full-time ministry when she felt God calling her to do that. We spoke about what it means to walk away from being comfortable, yet remaining generous. What it means to experience God's peace as you enter the world of the unknown. And why, as a person of faith, you can fulfil your calling in any industry. Let's listen in. And are you in Sheffield at the moment?
1: Yeah, I'm in Sheffield, yeah. So isolating up here, which is fine. And and like, I, I mean, I think... I'm actually much busier than I thought I would be <laughs> <laughs> I, of, I like prance around the country and like so now I'm like I'm in one place but I'm still prancing all over the internet you know <laughs> doing lots of different
0: things so <laughs> um so my first question is if you could have dinner with four people from any era who would they be and why well I think
1: uh, the first person I'd invite is Aretha Franklin cause she's a queen and one of my favourite ever artists. So yeah, Aretha Franklin would be around the table. Um, I think Jack Black would be an awesome addition to any dinner party. <laughs> he'd be, he'd be making everyone laugh. Um, I'd love to invite my, my great granddad was a prisoner of war. And so, um, and we actually, we have his diary from when he was, was in the war. Um, and so uh, he just sounded like an incredible humble man. So I'd definitely love to have of have, have invited him to my uh, dinner party. And then I reckon um probably Saint Paul. I think um he <laughs> he'd have quite a lot of advice to give the to, to give the get the guests. So uh, <laughs> I'd be up from for meeting
0: Saint Paul, yeah. A very eclectic mix of people. Yeah, a real eclectic mix. I can't quite imagine that, but I think it's fab. Um, So what's maybe a surprising or unusual fact that people might not know about you? Well,
1: um, I'm a twin, which is a nice little fact to tell people, but it's not not surprising, I suppose. (laughs) I think on a slightly deeper level, um, I think lots of people would be surprised to know that I suffered with anxiety for many years and struggled at one particular time to to leave my flat and I studied drama at the time and I do now do a lot of public speaking and so many people make assumptions and maybe are surprised when I say it was a really big battle for me um so yeah I think that's a perhaps a surprising
0: fact about me that people wouldn't have known well and then finally how do you switch off and actually relax
1: Yeah, that's good. And I, to be honest, I'm not brilliant at this. I'm working on this, Um, but I think I'd say I feel most relaxed in the presence of my closest friends and family. You know, the kind of relationships where you can just exhale and not have to try with, um, I feel energized when I'm in their company and, you know, eating a meal, playing a game of cards, having great chats, um, I'm an extrovert so that that definitely does it for me.
0: So I always like to go back a little bit and look at you know maybe things in your childhood or growing Mm -hmm. up that have really shaped who you are today and so I'd love to hear more about your childhood, where you grew up, what it was like and kind of some of the values and experiences that shaped who you are as a woman today. Sure
1: so um, I grew up in Hertfordshire which is just 30 miles north of London and I'm really blessed to say that I grew up In a happy family, um, a really solid family, amazing parents in an amazing marriage and Christian home. And I think um, when I think back on kind of the values that were really instilled in me from when I was a, a little girl, I think one of them is my parents did such a good job of prioritizing conversation around the table. We we always had great family chats, whether it was just learning from my dad about different times in history and kind of weaning information and asking loads of questions or kind of just debating slightly bigger topics of conversation so that kind of being listened to and and listening to other people's opinions I think that was a, a really amazing value um, another was just my parents have really shown me how to be generous um, not just financially but also just like welcoming people into our home um, I, we had like nine lodges or something when I was growing up people living with us in my home so Um, My parents always used to welcome people in and, and that's hugely shaped the way I live my life now. You know, I really hospitality and that kind of sense of welcome is huge, huge to me in the way that I live my life. So, yeah, I think those values, I'm really thankful for my parents for instilling them in me.
0: Um, so I remember when we met, um, in Starbucks in mm-hmm. London a few years ago, um, and you were working in advertising and mm-hmm. very driven and very passionate about what you were doing. Um, so was drive and ambition, something that was important to you when you entered the world of work and what was, what did you do when you first entered work?
1: Mm, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think I was, I'm definitely of this kind of generation where my, my parents really instilled in me that whatever I put my mind to, I really, I really could give it a go. Um, And they really instilled like a a belief in myself, really, which um, is amazing. And I I had lots of drive and ambition. I entered the world of work when I was fresh out of university. So I was 21. And when I first entered the world of work, if I'm honest, I'm not sure if that that kind of drive and ambition, which was definitely present, whether how pure it was, you know, I think at the time, I was a bit Um, confused about how do I enter and kind of be ambitious and and work really hard, but it not to be selfishly motivated. I think for me, I I was, I struggled with this kind of battle of making a name for myself and being noticed. Um, But I think as I kind of progressed through my career, I I realized that um, actually the Lord wants us to be driven. He wants us to be ambitious, but he wants us to do that with a purity and uh, a humility, um, and so I think. Um, whilst that was a battle, um, because I'm very, very hardworking and motivated, I think when I realised that the Lord was calling me to that that kind of work, and um, I started to um, really try to apply myself and be ambitious, but to do it for Him. Mm. You know, I love what it says in Psalm 127. It says, "Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labour in vain." So, uh, actually we put our hands to the work that we have in front of us but we come under God's blessing and um that's something that I've really I've learned through my career
0: amazing and when you said um you realized you wanted to do it for him could you maybe unpack that a little bit
1: sure I think what I mean by that is that everything we do has a motivation behind it right you know um is this am I doing this piece of work because Um, I want to bless another or I want to help another or I've been asked to do it or or um and actually sometimes I was entering into tasks or entering into my work being like I want to be noticed I want people in the office to think I'm great at my job and that wasn't the purest of intentions and but then I could see that the Lord kind of he wants us to do things for him you know worship doesn't have to be worship of God doesn't have to be just in church actually my my work every day can be worshiped to him like lord i really want to work hard today for you i want i want i know that you're looking at me and i i want to be you to be my audience of one you know you to be the one that i'm working hard for not about gaining success for my my own merit so i think i think that's what
0: i mean by that amazing um so what did you love most about your career
1: well, advertising is an amazing industry and if anybody works in, any listeners are, are working in this industry, you know, I'm sure you would agree. It's It's super fast paced, it's super smart and creative and those are some things I absolutely loved. I think the thing I enjoyed most about it is that the whole industry was motivated by people, you know, why people buy certain products over others. How can we impact consumers? How can we influence them and know more about them? And um, I'm, a, I'm a massive people person. So I think kind of rooting my uh, industry and my work, my daily work into the fact that this was about impacting people. I found that really inspiring and it gave me kind of just a higher vision for my career, really. I love
0: that. Um, and what would you say then were also some of the challenges? You've spoken about some of them, which a lot were internal, but what were some of the other challenges maybe? Yeah, I mean I think with any kind of with any kind of hard pretty
1: hardcore business it can feel like a rat race and it can feel like um it can feel like a battle to be noticed and um so I think not just in me but just in, in the industry it was extremely competitive and um yeah sometimes I found that I found that challenging and I'm not going to lie just really pragmatically uh, long hours <laughs> I remember um, just used to work such unbelievably long hours and um, not get home until stupid o'clock so I, I just personally found that a challenge I know lots of people more hardcore than me so could handle it but I, I did find the long hours pretty gruelling at some stages
0: thank you for your honesty I think a lot of people could relate um, <laughs> I know when I emailed you I think in yep. September last year I was really blown away because um, I didn't know that you transitioned out of advertising, um, and just from reading the emails that you sent, I've just been so challenged and inspired. So I'd love to hear um, a lot where you were, particularly the level you were at at such a young age in your industry. A lot of people desire to be there um, and would see it as very hard to walk away from the security and also, I guess, just the acclaim of people knowing that you work in that type of industry. Um, so, how and why did you decide to walk away from that?
1: Yeah, I think. Um, so I was I was working in like media agency in central London. It was my uh, sixth. Well, I was entering into my sixth year of my career. I, I was I was just about to be promoted to director, and really that kind of got me to a stage where I I, I started to question. Some, there was a wrestle in me. Now, if anybody has experienced that you'll know that sometimes it's loud and sometimes it's quiet but that the the wrestle in me kind of increased over those months and I I knew I was living this crazy life of kind of church work as well as maintaining my my career it's getting up in the morning like doing morning prayer with my housemates going into work working really really long hours then going to meet a girl I mentored and then going and leading a worship night at my flat you know it was just it was very my my life wasn't particularly sustainable and I knew that if I took the director role that something had to give and so I think at that particular point sometimes we're blessed with these moments in life which feel like a bit of a crossroads a moment where we start to question you know am I doing am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing and I think it is a matter of, um, life calling really. I started to think to myself, what, what have I been kind of asked to do? Not just what job would I quite like? Um, like I find it fascinating about the understanding of life calling, you know, it says in Ephesians that we're created in Christ Jesus to do good works and that God has prepared good works for us in advance to do. So Sometimes it's not a matter of kind of like, oh, what job should I have? But more like, what, why am I on the earth? What is it that you want for me, Lord? What, what have you prepared for me to put my hand to? And so I started to ask some stirring questions. Um, and I entered into like a time of discernment, really. And it took a while to, to decide because it wasn't an easy decision. I was doing well in my career. And also, I was very confident at one stage in my career that God wanted me there. Um, and so I I prayed, I fasted, I got really good spiritual direction. And I kind of started to, um, there's this amazing practice of prayer. Um, there's this guy called St. Ignatius, and he talks about living with a decision. So you basically, in your mind, you live with a decision for a week. Um, and then you do the opposite the next week. What I mean by that is for one week, I decided like, right, in my head, I've stayed in my career, I've taken the director role, but I've had to give up loads of my church work. Mm -hmm. And I just lived in that decision. I wasn't floating between one or the other. And I tracked the peace, like, how peaceful do I feel? And then the following week, I kind of lived with the decision, right, I've quit my career. I've gone as a full time missionary, I don't have a salary, I have to fundraise my salary. But I'm, you know, and I'm leaving what I've known, but I'm able to do more church work, sit with that decision, live with it, and track the peace. Because, you know, obviously, we know that the Lord speaks through peace. And to be honest, I just felt like infinitely more peace, really, at the idea of, of um, doing that and, and pursuing that. And I think that shows us the life calling stuff that shows us Um, what are the works that the Lord has prepared us to do sometimes it's hard to discern what God is asking and I would say that um, peace is a huge factor a huge factor in understanding what is it that God has for us so it was hard to walk away um, but I knew that it's what God was saying and so um, I wanted to be obedient and I had joy through that
0: obedience. Wow Um, so you've obviously talked about the peace and the joy that came from obedience but what were some of the hardest things about leaving your career and were there times even after you went through that practice where you felt have I made the right decision
1: yeah I mean there there are hard there were definitely hard things I think um firstly and you know it's it's the first was my financial security was naturally a big decision and, and it was a hard thing to leave behind I I fundraised my salary so when I discerned that God was asking me to leave I handed in my notice, which came as a very big shock to my boss and um i wrote I wrote letters, so I sent out two hundred letters to to people I know and I'm connected with, and I said, I feel like God is asking me to do this. Um, will you kind of partner with me? Do you, do you think this is something that is of worth, and you know that you, you might want to to join in with? And some people said yes, and other people said no. um That was a really vulnerable process, more vulnerable than I thought it would be. And I really had to make sure that my identity and my security is was in what God says about me and the fact that God had called me to do this, not whether someone says, "Yeah, great, we think Pippa Baker is worth giving twenty pounds a month to." So um, that was a really awesome process to go through. Um, But that financial security, um, just like a little bit on that, I get um, my monthly salary is paid by, I've got 54 people that pay my salary on a monthly basis. So some people said, yes, praise the Lord. Um, And I think, yeah, so the financial security is naturally was something that was difficult, but um, he is provided in in all the ways that I have needed to praise him. I think another thing was going from a very structured day even though kind of worked in an environment in an industry that kind of um heroed flexible working and it really advertising is very forth forth forward thinking with flexi working um I suddenly was entered into the world of self-employment and um managing my time managing my own workload um and and kind of managing my days and for someone who has a very very sense you know great sense of drive like you mentioned earlier Ruth sometimes I don't get that spot on and I'm not very good at taking time off and I'm having to really grow and learn in that um but yeah I think having to to be my own boss has been a massive um challenge but one that I I know that yeah I know that God is with me and I'm having to really increase my my prayer and and making sure that I take everything to the Lord Lord is this something that you want me to do before saying yes so
0: um it's been an awesome process well wow, I love that and so you've talked a little bit about being a missionary and for some people who might not be familiar with what that is, can you tell us more about what you do now and why you find it so fulfilling?
1: Sure, so I, I work as, as a missionary primarily with uh, within the Catholic Charismatic Renewal, so I'm, I'm a Catholic and um, so I My primary job is to invest in three things. This is what I felt the Lord was asking me to do, was to invest in in young adults, primarily in the UK, but also further afield to to invest in the next generation and and how they follow Jesus. The second thing is um, worship and prayer. I help. Uh, lead a, a worship collective called One Hope Project so helping lead worship all around the country but also see more people worshiping the Lord um, and thirdly um, unity and working for the unity of the body of Christ so that takes me all over the place I I'm I speak at a lot of events a lot of Christian events I uh, disciple lots of young women in um, young leaders in how they're um, in their daily lives and and helping them follow follow the Lord in whatever whatever environment that they find themselves in um, yeah and so so i guess i 'm like a, a a full a full time preacher come leader, come worship leader come yeah <laughs> there 's lots of different things really um, but I think that the fact that I was really clear when God was asking me to give up my job that unity, young adults and worship were the things that I felt called to. So it's meant that whenever I'm asked anywhere or asked to do something or preach somewhere, if it doesn't invest in one of those three things, then perhaps it's not the right thing for me, really. So um, it's been a great little kind of um, tool to make sure that I'm doing the work that God has asked me to do.
0: I love that um so I want to get more into identity and purpose um and I think one of the things I've often wrestled with um and just being open here is yeah. that. With Magnify, there's been so many sacrifices. You know, I remember two or three years where I had no salary at all and having gone from working in fashion and working in marketing and just the lifestyle that comes with that or friends that you've grown up with when it's time to go to dinner, and that's absolutely like the least of one's <laughs> financial priorities and you have nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, often just wrestling, feeling a real sense of calling and purpose, but it just also being hard, um the sacrifice in the world that we live in. So in a world where we place a lot of our security in what we have or uh, maybe what we do or people's um, response to what we do, what have you learned about provision and identity?
1: Yeah, well, I think firstly, that like the wrestle's okay. I think, um, you know, we, we can't just expect like, oh yeah, I'd be absolutely fine to give up give up wealth. You know, no, actually we're, We're human beings. We have struggle. We need grace to say yes to the Lord and whatever he's asking. And when I felt the Lord was asking me to give up that kind of financial security and go into um, a different way of, of living, I... I didn't kind of automatically go, yippee, (laughs) I, I had to pray, like, Lord, I, I need the grace for that. I need, it's the same with anything. Following the Lord is hard and somehow we think that we can do it without his help and we can't do anything without his help. So I think it's, it's sort of acknowledging that the wrestle is okay. It's taking that to him and allowing us, allowing ourselves to receive the grace he has for us in that. Um, i think what i've i've learned is everything genuinely is god's um you know even the air that i breathe that i'm using right now to speak to you ha, was was given to me i i could not create myself um whether i like it or not i did not think me up um the author of life the father of light thought me up and he's pleased with me and so therefore everything is gift and when I started to realize this, and I'm still just, just at the very shallow ends of that truth. When I started to realize this on a slightly deeper level, I, I realized that, you know, Jesus is worth giving everything for because he gave it first to me. And so if I, if I hold things back from him, you know, um, I want to live selflessly like Christ did, uh, like Christ does. So I've, I've learned that everything is his And and he deserves everything. Um, But also one thing I would say is that I genuinely feel more free having slightly less. Now, that does not point the finger at people who have a lot. But one thing that I am challenged by is what what am I so attached to that I couldn't give up? You know, we read that amazing story where Jesus says to the rich young man, he was he was a devout follower and he said "Oh, what more can I do and he said oh uh, you know all the things that I've told you and he said I'm already doing all those things Lord what more can I do and Jesus says oh give everything up and like sell everything and come follow me and the rich young man can't he's so attached that he he has to say no and I think Lots of people think, oh, well, not every God isn't asking everyone to give everything up. Well, if He was to ask you, could you? Mm -hmm. Ultimately, I believe that we're, you know, we're pilgrims on the earth. We're made for heaven. We're made for more than what we can see right now. And He wants to detach ourselves, He wants to detach us from the things of the world and place our hearts on heaven. So, um, I'm learning that actually, as I've given more up, I'm, I'm, I feel more, I actually feel more free and I feel, um, yeah, more in line with, um, that kind of kingdom mentality,
0: I suppose. So what has your experience over the last few years taught you about being content and how has that helped you, I guess, in this season of the pandemic? Mm
1: -hmm. Well, I think firstly, like contentment is found through faithfulness um there's a there's a big difference between productivity and and faithfulness. Um, and in in a in a world that is obsessed with productivity, Christians have the opportunity to show what faithfulness looks like. Now that means that it's it's saying yes when God asks mm. and I feel content because um I'm learning to say yes to him in the big and the small things. So for me, you know, even the fact praying every day, spending time with my father in secret, like that leads me to contentment because purely because he's asked, not just because like of what I can gain from him, but also because I'm doing what the Lord has asked me to do. That gives such a great sense of purpose and, and identity. I think also I I, I feel like I'm uh, investing in the things that I was I was perhaps made to do. You know, the unity of God's church is is so on my heart it's something that I desire to see so much and I think I once heard that the Lord doesn't give us dreams he puts people in his dreams he surrounds people uh, in his dreams that he already has so the unity of God's church for instance isn't my dream it's God's dream and he just so happened to share that with me and for me I think The fact that I'm joining in with what Christ is already doing in the world and what he's already doing in the church, that gives gives me such a sense of contentment and peace and joy and fire and passion. Um, So I think it's it's like it would be an awesome thing to do just to ask, like, Lord, what's your what's the dream that you've placed me in and how can I join in with what you're doing in the the
0: nations? I love that. Um, And so a lot of people who maybe have a faith or at the start of their faith journey um, sometimes feel the pressure to do something explicitly faith-based in order to find their calling. Um, But having worked in two very different spheres, what have you learned about calling? And I I guess the reason I ask is a lot of people will approach me and say, you know, you've done Magnify that I want to have a t-shirt brand and I want it to be a Christian t-shirt brand. And I guess I'm always very wary of projecting my experience onto someone else in terms of mm. I feel very much that this is what God has called and graced me to but I don't feel that if he'd called me to be the editor of Vogue that would have been a bad thing no in terms of it doesn't yet yeah, not everyone's calling is going to be explicitly faith-based so for having worked in both spheres um I guess I'm trying to hit on how have you learned that calling isn't attached to whether you work in mainstream or kind of explicitly faith-based environments?
1: Yeah it's a great question and I think it's it's something that unfortunately we slip into really really easily as Christians is that like actually or you work for the church now therefore you're kind of you're doing more of God's work now I I just, I don't believe that to be true because I think, firstly, the light of Christ so desperately needs to be shared and spread in all spheres of society. I think we need to see radical lawyers, radical doctors, radical teachers, radical, you know, mums, radical advertising execs. That's what I dream. And I think when we say, that um, or you if you're a Christian, you have to work in the church. What we're implying there is that God loves the church more than he loves business, more than he loves the NHS, more than he loves being a you know family. And that's just not true. Like God has a vision for the whole world, which includes all of society. So I, I think it's about, it's about asking. We always have to ask first. You know, he's the teacher, we're the student. Lord what are you what are you asking of me we need to be sure of that and I think when I first went into the advertising I um, I felt really called there mm-hmm. I really did feel called there I, it wasn't just on a whim I I really felt the Lord was opening up many doors and um, and then you know and then calling me to do to do church work consequently um, one thing I know for sure is that I would I would be so, so less effective now in my work, my work with leaders, my work with young people, my work at proclaiming the gospel, if i hadn 't worked in advertising i 'm mm-hmm. so thankful for those six and a bit years that i I spent in the industry because um, I learned so much about um, about the world and um, that 's so so important um, as christians so um, I think if if people who are new to their faith or anyone on the journey thinks like, oh, I, I have to work for the church just because I'm a Christian. That's not true. But one thing I would say is whatever you're doing, do it for Jesus. You know, do it for his glory. Do it so he, other people can know him wherever you are. Other people can know that they're loved by God wherever you are Um be willing to be
0: his ambassador, no matter what industry you're working in. So how did you come to faith? Because obviously you said you grew up in a Christian household. Yeah. Um, I'm sure a lot of us know that, does know in no way <laughs> or turn us into Christians. Um, so how did you come to a personal faith?
1: Sure, yeah, I mean, I grew up in in the Catholic church, in a, in a Catholic home, and I I was involved in a very active kind of local church and in a loving family and I started going when I was five I started going to kind of big charismatic Catholic family events and was kind of filled with the spirit when I was when I was five Um, and so you know been very very used to seeing healings speaking in tongues um like prophecy since I was very young age and I think that like it made a massive impact on me um, and all the way through my childhood I'd say that I always loved Jesus I had faith in him um, but when I was about seventeen i I just the kind of understanding of following the Lord and um, I guess the pressures of life meant that loving Jesus became a bit hazier, and I went away for a couple of years um, and then all I can say is, um, having gone my own way and and living having lived pretty selfishly um, i two years later um i i just missed i missed jesus i missed what um what his love um how his love made me more alive and more human and more myself and so i kind of recommitted myself back to the lord i gave my life back to jesus um at that stage um i was yeah just almost 20. I think there's, there's always a stage, even if you've grown up in a Christian home, where you, you have to make a personal decision for yourself. You have to say, is the faith that I've been brought up on, is it mine or is it my parents? And we have to decide whether we think Jesus is worth giving our life to. And um, for me, I decided he was, he was truth and he was who I wanted to, to follow for the rest of my days
0: amazing and then finally what role does um discernment play in how you live out your faith and for anyone maybe who's looking to have that um yeah I guess discernment in their lives and as they go about their faith journey what advice would you give
1: yeah I mean it it strangely includes doubt you know um because I think Sometimes we think that doubt means that like, oh, my faith is weak. And actually, um, I love that, you know, Pope Francis has talked quite a lot about doubt and how doubt is key to a life of faith because it's a sign that we want to know God better and more deeply. You know, these kind of questions when we're asking questions and doubting and being unsure and, and searching for him like this this is what we were supposed to do we were supposed to wrestle with faith we were supposed to come to the lord and say i'm confused which way do you want me to go and like show me your peace so i think um discernment includes doubt but i think something that i would say about discernment is um two things that show me two things that i look for when i'm discerning um something whether this is this whether this is career focused, whether this is relationship focused, or, or whatever really, I think I I always look for peace. I mentioned peace earlier. You know, peace is Christ's language. He He wanted to give us peace so much that the first words He said as uh, as the resurrected Lord to His disciples was, "Peace be with you." He wants us to live in peace so if you're feeling in peace like it's it's probably a very clear indication that christ is there or christ is blessing a decision and the second thing i would say is is fire you know we we were we were made to to be fiery now that doesn't have to look the same way for everyone that doesn't have to look like extroversion and loudness in fact most of the most most of the people that I know who are most on fire are actually quite quiet people. I think it's it's about living with a sense of passion and purpose, and saying like, I, I was I was made to live this way. You know, I I want to see the world changed. I want to see the kingdom of God advanced. And so, if if you if you get excited, if you're discerning between a couple of things, if you can feel God's peace, and if you feel like impassioned. By the idea of it um, I would say um, that's a really good indication that the Lord is opening up something for you
0: amazing thank you so much Pippa um, such an honour to talk to you so and, yeah I've really been blessed by this and I know that our listeners will so I really really appreciate your time thanks so much for joining us for this episode don't forget to subscribe and if you know anyone who might benefit from this go ahead and share this with them also don't forget to rate and review it really helps us out see you next time